There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. I am your co-host, Brian LaPrey, and with me today, as always, the only man on my top 10, Bear DeGiulio. What a way to go at it. And today, speaking of top 10s, my friend, let's let's get right into it, huh? If you are like us, you, you keep your ear to the ground. Is that something people still say in 2021 or... The 21st century. Let's say it yes. is now, Mr. Brian LaPrey. It is now. <laughs> let's let's pretend it is. Well, we keep our ear to the pavement, and what we heard is that Sports Illustrated put out a somewhat controversial top 10 wrestlers of 2020 list. I don't think there was anything especially awful about it. A lot of it made sense. We would agree with many of the people who were on the list, except for the fact that they left off quite a few who should have been there. And we're not here to bash them. We're not here to say that they don't know how to do their jobs. We're just here to say that, well, there are some things that we think should have been different. And really, it's not about downplaying anyone who made the cut or anyone who was maybe ranked a little high for our taste. Instead, it's about talking about the wrestlers who either should have been ranked higher or should have been ranked, period. And... That all starts with a guy who I I don't even know if we would say we're entirely married to the idea of ranking him. We just kind of look at it as if Kenny Omega was number five, how is it that his tag team partner through all of 2020 didn't make the list at all? And that man, of course, is Adam Page. You know, we have spent a lot of time talking about this. I think most wrestling fans have. One of the big issues with professional wrestling, I guess you could say it's inability to connect with a quote-unquote mainstream audience, is its lack of a definitive star. The, The guy or girl who the industry is essentially revolving around. And wrestling has always had that, right? You know, there was John Cena before that. There was The Rock before that. There was Stone Cold Steve Austin. You could argue that Brock Lesnar was that at one point. AJ Styles might have had that for a brief period of time. And of course, the Hogan's and and Macho Man's, et cetera, Andre the Giant, yada, 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 Ric Flair. There's nobody who fills that role in today's era. I think Adam Page is a guy who many AEW fans say could be that guy. Uh, I think that the number one factor, let's say with Stone Cold Steve Austin, relatability. He came along at a point in time where the entire country was just kind of fed up. They were fed up with the economy. They were fed up with most everything that was happening in the world. And then you have this badass anti-establishment wrestler come in and give his boss the finger and hit him with a center. Easy to relate to. And everything else that was great about Stone Cold kind of branched off from there. Adam Page, you know, he's real. I think a lot of people connected. Look, Kenny Omega, not saying he shouldn't be in the top 10, 
just saying, I think Adam Page's story is what drove that tag team. I think it's what made that tag team captivating. And yes, Kenny Omega might have been the driving force behind the success in the ring. But Adam Page was the character that we had our eyes on because we were all waiting either for Adam Page to betray Kenny Omega or for Adam Page to be betrayed. No insult to Kenny Omega, but when you're looking at it from the perspective of will he betray or will he be betrayed, it kind of elevates that person over the person who would be betraying them. No, you know, we saw a great piece and bears better at the names and links. I'm sure we've mentioned it before. I'm sorry if we don't have it to the person who wrote it. You're awesome. Uh, a great link, a great story or write up whatever you want to call it about hangman page and essentially how he's so relatable, how he, he has this, almost like this anxiety, this self-doubt. There's the realness to the story with his battle with alcoholism. There's there's so much to sink your teeth into. And I think most people argued for most of the year that that was arguably the most captivating story in AEW, if not in professional wrestling. So I guess from that perspective, I have to sit here and go, how is it that this guy's story was one of the definitive aspects of AEW in 2020 and of professional wrestling in 2020? How is it that his tag team partner was ultimately ranked fifth, but he wasn't ranked at all? I understand that there were 10 great options. I'm not going to get into who I think should have been taken off because that's just mean. But what I will say is that Hangman Page at least for my money, I take back what I said earlier. I do think that he should have been ranked in the top 10. I think that he was one of the most captivating characters in all of professional wrestling. He was one half of the tag team that defied all odds to dominate the best tag team division in all of professional wrestling for what, three quarters of the year almost? You know, kind of seems silly to not have him in the top 10 at all. And for that reason, number one on this list of the top five I guess you could say omissions from the Sports Illustrated Top 10 Wrestlers list would be Hangman Adam Page. We're not going to quote-unquote S-H-I-T on this list. It's not what we do at Heel Turns and Headlocks. It's not what we do. However, it's hard to argue the fact. It's hard to say Hangman shouldn't. It's hard to say Hangman shouldn't be on this list. I'm at a loss for words because I'm trying to figure this out in my brain right now. But... Ken, or excuse me, Hangman Page was a part of some of the best matches in all of pro wrestling in 2020. Never mind the storyline aspect of it, like Brian mentioned. At Full Gear against Kenny Omega, banger of a match. And by the way, we understand 2020 was a very long and just awful year for just about everybody. But in February, before the pandemic hit, Hangman and Kenny were a part of one of the Maybe one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. It maybe that's a little weird to say, but it's true. Again, those two against the Young Bucks at Revolution that did happen in 2020, and that was one of the best. Like I said, one of the better tag team matches, definitely of 2020, but one of the better tag team matches I've seen in a long time. So it's it's hard to argue Hangman. If you hear birds in the background, I apologize. That's just they just they hate me. But never mind the birds right now. Hangman to me is a guaranteed future world champion in AEW. That much I'm sure is a fact, right? But leaving him off this list, and you know, Brain said it, we're not gonna sorry to swear, we're not gonna shit on the list by any means. It's one man's opinion, but Sports Illustrated is a very 
highly, very highly regarded um, publication. So that's why we're talking about it. And leaving Hangman off this list and some of the names that are on the list, questionable at best. But again, we're not here to shit on the list. We're just here to give our opinions. And it's hard to argue with really the five names that we're about to, uh, well, the four remaining names, but Martin Douglas of Fanbite. Thank you, Mr. LaPrey. That was the article. If you guys can go check that out because it was a phenomenal article on just like what the, what it means, the whole storyline, the whole character work of what Adam page truly represents, which is the quote unquote anxious millennial cowboy. It's a phenomenal piece. Like, you know, brain and I, especially brain because he legitimately reads for a living. It was one of the better articles I've seen in 2020. And if you guys can go check that out, definitely go check that out. It'll, really peel the layers of what this character could be. So again, not here to shit on the list, but it's really, it was really weird to see hangman and really the other four names just omitted from this list. And Brian is on. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. I am. You know, the, yeah. I, I think to, to bring it home, I think the other aspect of it is, I understand some people might say, well, you know, over the past two or so months, Hangman hasn't been as featured. Sure, but there are people on this top 10 list whose companies weren't operating for two or three months of the year or who were absent from our televisions for three to four months of the year. It, it, it was a weird year. And I think in terms of just the totality of 2020, you can make a case for some others. I really don't think there were too many characters more interesting and really captivating than Hangman Page. I mean, Bear just said it with the anxious millennial cowboy. You know, not many characters more relatable than Hangman. And I think that's why a lot of people, including maybe the AEW brass, believe that this guy could be the face of the industry one day. Moving on from someone who could be the face of the industry to someone who is one of the faces of the industry, Asuka. We're not really sure how Asuka didn't make the cut. And again, not knocking anybody who did. We're just looking at the facts such as, well, between January and early April, she was a tag team champion. And then from May, pretty much until the end of the year, minus what, three-week stretch where she was in the title picture, she was Raw Women's Champion. And then she added the women's tag team titles for a second time, becoming the only woman to ever win the tag team titles, the modern versions of them, with multiple partners. The Kabuki Warriors kind of helped resurrect those titles. I don't think that's unfair to say. I, it kind of felt like they were stagnating, and then Asuka and Kyrie Sane started to come out and really make these titles featured on television. I mean, they won a tag team match against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. You know that you don't get many bigger wins in wrestling than beating Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. You move on through the rest of the year. Asuka won a surprisingly entertaining Money in the Bank match. Uh, Becky Lynch, that incredibly emotional uh, moment when Becky announced that she was pregnant and, and handed the title over to Asuka and revealed that it wasn't actually a Money in the Bank ladder match, but a Raw Women's Championship ladder match. And then you just progress through the year and you realize every step of the way, Asuka has been featured and prominent. And her feud with Sasha and Bailey, you know, she had great matches with everyone from obviously Sasha and Bailey and, and you know, Charlotte Flair, et cetera, et cetera, to 
Zelina Vega. You know, she's helped make Lana more prominent on WWE television. She's really, she's been the pillar of women's wrestling on Monday Night Raw through the entire year. And I don't know, maybe you have complaints about certain aspects of things that are completely out of her control. But I guess our perspective, or I don't want to speak for Bear, but I believe our perspective is shared that how do you have somebody who's been on top pretty much the entire 12 months of the year and they're not one of the top 10 wrestlers of the year it's kind of hard for me to agree with personally she was the champ she was in some capacity a champion for the majority of the year you know the top ranked the top coveted women's championship on monday night raw was primarily asuka throughout 2020 you know, she had that brief little stint where Sasha was champion when Sasha and Bailey were the tag team champions and Bailey was the SmackDown women's champion. Uh, Sasha was a Raw women's champion. But, like, if you look at Asuka's track record in 2020, there may not have been a better in-ring performer. Her and Kyrie Sane against the Golden Roll Models at um, in July on Raw. And then she faces Sasha just a couple weeks later on Raw. These are two very good matches. Go check those out on the network when you ever, whenever you have a chance. She pulled double duty at SummerSlam. And then, again, she faced Sasha at Survivor Series in one of the better matches on that card. It's hard. It Number one on this list, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, should be Drew McIntyre, right? I mean, the guy had a stellar year and all that good stuff. But number two, I'd probably argue should be Asuka. And for her not even to make the top 10, again, it's one man's opinion. And these are just two men, two men's opinions on the top 10 and all that good stuff. And we get it. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But did any woman besides what Sasha and Bailey, right? In all of pro wrestling, did any woman have a better year than Asuka in 2020? I don't think so. I don't. What a great transition that is because number three on our list, and we don't mean to cut Asuka short. It just is a perfect segue, and sometimes you have to take advantage of that. Number three on the list is Bailey. And yes, Bailey made the list. She was number six. It's just kind of difficult for us to understand. Yeah. Abysmal. Abysmal. I'm a Sasha Banks stan. I've been a fan for as long as everybody else has. I remember watching her in NXT. I personally think that she is as valid as anybody of a choice for the best women's wrestler on the planet. In terms of who had the better 2020, though, the answer is Bailey. Bailey was the champion for what, 10 months of the year? I get that it was a great feel good moment for Sasha to finally beat Bailey. But that story was a two-way street. And for as great as Sasha was, without Bailey being one of the most irritating heels in all of professional wrestling, the story doesn't sell. Bailey, look, the longest reigning SmackDown women's champion of all time. For what, all but four days out of a period of over 500, she was the SmackDown women's champion. I personally have a hard time looking at someone who held a title essentially for 500 consecutive days and then and that reign lasted more than three quarters of 2020 plus winning the WWE Women's Tag Team titles for the second time plus having a classic Hell in a Cell match with Sasha Banks 
having really having great matches with I Bailey is honestly underrated for what she did. And it's not just about this top 10. I mean, she had good matches with wrestlers like Tamina. I thought that was a really good match. You know, it didn't no knock against Tamina, just not someone who's necessarily known for their ring work. Bailey just really brings the best out of everybody that she goes against. And I really wish, I really wish that she got more respect on this list because I think that she doesn't get enough respect overall. She has improved so much over the past year alone. But again, we're not complaining about Sasha being number one or anyone else who's in the top five. I just think that it's really hard for me to say that any women's wrestler had a better year than Bailey, at least within the WWE world. And I, I, again, not arguing against Sasha. I won't even argue against Asuka because Asuka had a great year as well. But Bailey, I mean, she carried the women's division on Friday Night SmackDown. She, along with Sasha, was appearing on Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. She was appearing on all three shows. They were carrying WWE programming. And whether or not you're a fan of it, I have a hard time looking at that and saying you're not one of the top five wrestlers of the year. I think that's a huge snub, and it it might be the biggest snub of all on this list. No woman had a better year than Bailey. And yes, I know you can make a case for Asuka, which we kind of did earlier. You can make a case for Sasha Banks because, you know, Sasha did win the Raw Women's title in 2020. She won the Raw or the excuse me, the women's tag team titles in 2020 and the SmackDown Women's Championship. Golden year for Sasha, no doubt about it. But when you look at it and you look at the dominance that Bailey has had in all of 2020, besides yes, you know, losing the titles and all that good stuff, but the matches that she was in, the Extreme Rules match with Nikki Cross in 2020, very good match. The SummerSlam match with Asuka, very good match. The Hell in a Cell, like Brian alluded to earlier, against Sasha Banks, banger of a match. Bailey deserves a little more respect. I know we're not we're not necessarily giving our top ten, but to have Bailey at number six, falling outside of the top five, even falling outside of the top three, I guess you could say, I'd even give her number two, but. Having her at number six is kind of it's it's a it's the biggest it's probably the biggest snub of them all and that's why it's one of those things where it's like gotta put some respect on Bailey's name brother because she's one of the better women's wrestlers to have done it in 2020 and it looks like she's gonna do big things in 2021 as well you know I I'm personally enjoying this feud with Bianca Belair it's, I think it's gonna elevate Bianca to that next level which I know Brian will oh, I'm sure will agree to this but she can get there. Bianca will get to that next level. And I hope that she is a 64 time women's champion when all is said and done. Yes. I said 64, six, four, 64 time women's champion. Yes. No, not the Nintendo. Um, but I don't No, no woman, no women, no woman did it better than Bailey in 2020. So for her to land at number six, just absurd. absurd. Ding dong. Hello. That was a, snub. there you go. There you go. Now, number four on this list, we're going to go back to AEW. Um, I don't know how this is going to be received. I don't know if people agree or disagree. I would say probably the most, the name that I was probably most surprised by not seeing in the top 10, because I guess, and, and I don't say this in a negative way, it has been such an AEW-centric year within the community of diehard wrestling fans where everybody has just been 
so energized by dynamite and, and you know they i mean they only reached their what one year anniversary of dynamite fairly deep into 2020 i would say you know on that note I, i'm kind of surprised that one of the top 10 wrestlers was not cody rhodes cody cody's had a hell of a year and it's been a long year for him but that's because he's been involved in so much, you know, his, his rivalry with the late, great Brody Lee and the dark order. One of the highlights of AEW in 2020, uh, you know, he was obviously involved in the sting debut. He's been feuding with Taz, Brian cage, I guess what team FTW, I guess they're going by. Um, but more than anything, I think Cody has just been a steady source of moments and I think that's why people like him so much. You know, even if you don't necessarily mark out, if you want to call it that, at what he does in specific, it's kind of one of those things where he understands the importance of making memories, doing things that you're going to look back on and go, I could rewatch that again. And he's had a lot of those moments, you know, his cage match with Wardlow where he hit that moonsault off the top of the cage was awesome. I mean, it seems crazy to say that this was 2020 because it seems like 10 years ago with how this year was the rivalry between Cody and MJF was one of the best feuds of the entire year. The, the lashes with the God, gruesome and brutal to watch with the 10 what it was at the 10 lashes just so cody could get the match and then he had to beat wardlow in the cage match and then probably the promo of the year one of the best baby face promos ever you know you have cody really just had this endless supply that first quarter of the year or at least third yeah third to a quarter of the year Cody was absolute money. And then his pursuit of the TNT title was exciting and exhilarating. He had that good feud with Lance Archer. And then we got to see him introduce a lot of new talents to the AEW audience, a lot of whom got signed, including one of the men who actually did make the top 10, Eddie Kingston. Cody really seemed like... I get that there's some people who complained about certain things along the way, cough, cough, orange Cassidy, cough, cough, Scorpio sky, but Cody has been prominently featured the entirety of 2020. His feud with MJF is on the short list of the best rivalries of the year. He's had some great matches across the board, some moments and promos that everybody remembers and loved. I guess I'm just kind of at a loss why in an AEW centric year, even if it wasn't, why would Cody Rhodes not be one of the top 10 wrestlers of 2020? If you guys want to go back and listen to another fine episode of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast, we talked a little about, about Cody Rhodes and a couple of potential feuds we'd like to see him in after he lost the TNT title to Darby Allen. So, look, Cody, just Brian, Brian said this before we started recording. When Cody was introduced for the first time in, what, five or excuse me, a couple years, five years, I believe it was as Cody Rhodes goosebumps, man. Like it was, it was just, it was surreal. And now that he, you know, he's been telling incredible stories in the ring. He tells incredible, you know, he gives these incredible promos, you know, I'm really interested to see where everything here leads with sting with what he's doing with Darby Allen and, you know, team FTW and all that good stuff. 
that dog collar match between Cody and Brody Lee was one of the better matches of 2020. It was gruesome. It was bloody. It was really a callback to some good old fashioned pro wrestling where everybody just beat the holy hell out of each other. Very good match. You know, he had great matches with Darby Allen. He had great matches with, he, you said it, Wardlow, MJF, all these guys. You know, he really elevated a lot of those guys to that next level, which is all you want in a veteran like Cody Rhodes. And we say veteran as if he's not still super young into the game. You know, I know him and Brandy are expecting their first child together, so maybe he'll step aside for a little bit, be a father, whatever the case may be. But he's still at the top of his game. The guy is money. The guy talks He's one of the better pro, definitely one of the better face promos, I guess you could say, of all of pro wrestling, not just not just AEW, but WWE as well. Anywhere you look, Cody can cut a mean promo. He'll make you believe. He'll make you want to see him win, which is really what matters in pro wrestling. So, him being excluded from this list, you know, we're not going to say who should or who shouldn't have been, or we we're not going to say who shouldn't have been on the list of the Sports Illustrated top ten again everybody's got opinions everybody's you know different strokes for different folks but leaving cody off was was just weird it was just weird and i don't buy it i don't buy it at all but that's okay because that's that's why we're here yeah right and look obviously we understand that not all five of these omissions could be included because at the end of the day if you're going to put i guess technically four new people on there you have to take four off cody really seems like the one where it's just like how how is he not on that list you know the pursuit of the tnt title the dog collar match with Brody lee the rivalry with mjf you're talking about three major year defining moments and rivalries right there plus the promo of the year arguably you know plus the moment with sting cody had his hands in everything and it, it just it doesn't feel right to list the top 10 of this specific year and not include Cody Rhodes. It just doesn't feel right. Now I think let's change it up a bit. Normally we give you our number five and then we give you our honorable mention. How about we give you our honorable mention and then give you our number five. Uh, we kind of hinted at it. It's kind of a two-parter the first half of the honorable mention and, and really <laughs> This is a matter of opinion. That's why it's an honorable mention. But I guess it all is at the end of the day. It's wrestling. But Drew McIntyre not being number one. I love Sasha Banks. Love John Moxley. Love the whole group of people who could have been in that discussion. Drew McIntyre has just been everything that's great about professional wrestling. We've seen incredible promos. We've seen great rivalries. We've seen tremendous matches. We've seen unique matchups that really, I, I, I don't know how to put it other than Drew McIntyre straight up delivered seemingly like every month of the year, right? I mean, it started at, in my opinion, I would say the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Even if you don't think that, that was a great Royal Rumble. The elimination of Brock alone, let alone winning it, was one of the best moments of 2020. Then he goes on and he wins the title from Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And he's been the guy in WWE ever since. You could argue he's been the guy in WWE ever since the Rumble. So for almost 12 complete months, this guy has been the top star in the top company in professional wrestling, love it or hate it. I kind of have to give him number one because 
it's not just about him being on top in a major company. The quality of wrestling as well. I mean, he had some great matches with Andrade and Angel Garza on Monday Night Raw. He had a really good match with Buddy Murphy. Not your Buddy Murphy, sorry. Uh, you know, And then you look at the pay-per-view matches. You know, The match with Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank, one of the best matches of the year. You know, I thought his feud and match with Bobby Lashley was really good and really did a great job of reestablishing Bobby Lashley as the guy he is today, where he's finally being taken seriously again. He had the great matches with Dolph Ziggler. The feud with Randy Orton was one of the best rivalries of the year and really produced at least three four-star matches, at least. And you could argue there's a five-star one in there. His match against Robert Roode that came out of nowhere on Raw was great, Uh, you know. The, the TLC match against AJ Styles and The Miz was great. And the match with Roman Reigns, I mean, it's on that short list for the match of the year. You know, it, Drew McIntyre, I can't put it any other way. He's straight up delivered. Every month of the year, he did something that was like, damn, that was good. I, I, I love John Moxley. I love Sasha Banks. I love all the wrestlers on this list and even those who didn't make it. To me, Drew McIntyre was the best wrestler of 2020. Uh, you know, we did a uh, go check out another la- uh, another previous episode, the WWE Year End Awards that we did just a few episodes ago. Very good episode. We talked about how Drew McIntyre was the MVP of 2020, and we're gonna really hammer it home here because, you know, who how could you possibly say anybody else in wrestling, man or woman? management, whoever you want to put who had a better year than Drew McIntyre WWE champion beat Brock Lesnar, beat Seth Rollins, beat really everybody that came in his way. Yes. He lost the title to Randy Orton, but won it back a couple weeks later. So finish the year as WWE champion, still WWE champion. We hope he kicks coronavirus's ass at the moment, but he's going to come back. Ideally beat the ever living snot out of bill Goldberg, but that's a different conversation for a different day that we will definitely preview Royal rumble. And if that match still happens, Corona willing, you know, I hope drew McIntyre claymores the head off of bill Goldberg. Now McIntyre had one of the better years, maybe the best year of anyone in 2020, you know, when Otis won the money, in the bank, and he was sitting there kissing Mandy Rose. I thought he had a very good year as well. (laughs) <laughs> but in terms of personal accomplishments, you know, pro wrestling accomplishments, no one had a better year than Drew. Who could say they beat the crap out of Brock Lesnar at his own game? Right. Claymore Claymore kicked him, what, like three times to win the title? Yep. You know, goes on, feuds with, feuds with Randy Orton, feuds with Dolph Ziggler, you know, the feud with Seth Rollins, whatever. Incredible year. Incredible match. The fact he's not number one, that – I don't know what I'm more mad about Bailey not being number two or McIntyre not being number one because Sasha had a good year. You want to give her number one. Cool. That's your opinion, but your opinion, I'm sorry. It's just wrong. So drew not being number one is just, it's just so weird to me. And I know that I guess I shouldn't take another man's list as personally as I do. And I shouldn't be offended, but damn it. I'm offended for drew McIntyre. And if you're listening to this, drew, we love you and we're offended for you. So you don't have to be. You're you don't have to be offended. You just have to come on our podcast. Fair deal. You I should. Think. You should. <laughs> Why not? On that note, the other honorable mention, also a guy with a little international flair. Isn't it? You know, I was thinking about random sidebar. How cool is it? How international wrestling has become. 
You know, you're talking about a guy from Scotland is the top face in the biggest wrestling company on the planet. And a guy from New Zealand is our other honorable mention. And he happens to be probably the best heel in professional wrestling. That man, of course, is Jay White. Now, Jay White, we understand why he might not have made the top 10. New Japan had a strange schedule this year because of COVID. They didn't work through it nonstop like AEW and WWE did. And I also obviously understand the fact that, you know, while we are big New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, we understand that not everybody necessarily is. So not to say that the authors of this article were not, we're not going to speak for them, but we understand there are factors at play. In saying that, Jay White at 28 years old is freaking incredible. Straight up incredible. He, you want a great match, he'll deliver. You want a great promo, he'll deliver. You want a great character, he's been delivering for years. And it's incredible how he has evolved in what, three years? Not even four years, three years. He has gone from the guy who every internet wrestling fan was going, he's being pushed too fast. This sucks. This is so stupid. To every internet wrestling fan going, damn, that guy is good. Don't you love it when that happens? Jay White's incredible. And if you want to hear some history, here's some history. For the first time ever, 2020 provided the opportunity. Well, not the opportunity. It provided the outcome of Jay White winning the G1 Climax briefcase from the actual G1 winner. It was the first time that has ever happened. That's historic. Usually there are about two title defenses a year. There was one year where there were three. There was another year where there was one. That evens out to an average of two. And the only reason there weren't more this year is because Jay White beat Cody Ibushi. And then, yeah, it was 2021. But damn it, their match at Wrestle Kingdom is already a match of the year candidate. But let's even just focus on 2020. Jay White continues to prove to be one of the best on the planet. And he's only 28 years old. And damn it, that is both inspiring and terrifying. I hate life thinking that he is 28 years old. I'm about to turn 29 here in a couple of days. Cheap plug for my birthday. Um, look, we don't know the contract status of Jay White. We don't know if he's going to stay in New Japan in 2021 or if he's going to WWE, if he's going to AEW. We know he's got the Bullet Club ties, obviously. You know, he was the leader of Bullet Club. Still is, I believe, right? Um, look. Anywhere Jay White lands, he's going to be a star. Fact. What he's done in New Japan has been just incredible. And again, this isn't about 2021. I get it. It was just a quick side note. But look, Jay White in 2020 had an incredible year. Everybody, you know, the you're right. Everybody on the internet was like, ah, you're pushing him too fast. He's this, this, this. But the man looks like a million bucks, talks like a million bucks, performs like a million bucks. He's a star. He was a star in 2020. I think he'll continue to be a star in 2021. Leaving him off this list of top 10, you know, I wasn't as, I guess you could say offended as the other ones. But, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to have a killer 2021 as well. I mean, one of the cooler shirts in pro wrestling, that Switchblade shirt, the, the Bullet Club one, I definitely want one. So, hey, birthday coming up, wing, wing, nudge, nudge. Now, if... Again, 
if he's left off this list and you know again that's sports illustrated's the writer his opinion cool i get it but it's hard to argue against him too killer year he made history i think he's going to continue to kill it in 21 but this list man just giving me a headache on the topic of making history we transition back to our actual top 5 there you go and this is probably going to be the one that more people disagree with <laughs> it conveniently Whatever. worked out alphabetically to be our last one. So you would listen into it. Uh, despite everybody pretending that he's been ruined, we're going with Keith Lee. Uh, we're not going to dive too far into whether or not he's been ruined because our answer is no. Uh, what we will say though, is this Keith Lee had a hell of a year. In 2020, if you just want the footnotes, he burst onto the scene by knocking Brock Lesnar on his ass in the Royal Rumble. He beat Roderick Strong to become the North American champion. He beat Adam Cole to become the NXT champion. In turn, he became the first man in history to hold two singles titles in NXT at the same time. And then in his first official singles match in quote-unquote WWE, he pinned Randy Orton in under seven minutes. Clean. Yes, there have been some things that maybe some people have given the side-eye to. Oh, and by the way, he was also one of five members, including the guy who got the final fall, in a clean sweep Survivor Series match. Keith Lee's done some stuff. It's maybe not exactly what people wanted. Maybe you're not getting the stories that you wanted. We're not going to really sit here and debate that because to each their own. From our perspective, Keith Lee had a hell of a 2020. And really, I think he should have been in the top 10. Again, I, I understand that removing four or five wrestlers from that list would be pretty damn hard to do. We don't really necessarily believe that five wrestlers should be removed for these five wrestlers. Keith Lee is just one of those guys who we're comfortable in saying, look at the history he made over the course of the first eight months of 2020. You're talking about a guy who made history over and over and over again in NXT. Great matches against guys like Don, excuse me, Dominic Dijakovic, you know, Adam Cole, as I said, Roderick strong, et cetera, et cetera. We got to see so much from Keith Lee. We got to see the depth of that character. You know, one of my personal favorite matches of 2020, weirdly enough, was that match where uh, he came popping up into the camera view. That was a great moment. Like, you know, the pounce into the crowd, et cetera, et cetera. Keith Lee was presented as a monster in NXT. I think maybe that's one of the reasons people don't love what he's done on Raw. But if you look at it, he's gone to the show with all of the heavyweights. It's kind of hard to toss around 200-pound wrestlers when there aren't too many of them on the roster. I digress. Uh, Look, Keith Lee, outstanding year. I loved what he did on Raw as well. I think that he has been positioned to become a top star. And really... We'll talk about this again in probably a few days, but now he's probably positioned as one of the top favorites to win the Royal Rumble. It's all because he dominated in 2020 in NXT. He thrived on Monday Night Raw despite the adversity and really bared a guy who should have been top 10. He was that damn good. 
North American title, NXT world title, you know, beats Randy Orton in his debut. Who's ever done that? The only guy that's ever come even remotely close was a guy by the name of Carlito Caribbean Cool when he debuted and beat John Cena in his debut, and everybody went ape shit, right? So I'm not comparing the, the careers of Carlito Caribbean Cool and Keith Lee, but, you know, Keith Lee is already kind of a star. He's probably one of the bigger baby faces, quote on, on Monday Night Raw right now. He just had a banger. Of, I know the match was in 2021. Bear with me. Huh? The match with Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship, which, by the way, Brian said this on social media, and I'm just going to repeat what he said. Keith Lee was in a main event for the WWE Championship on a night that was presented with legends like Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, you know, Sergeant Slaughter was there. Tatanka was there. All these legends of professional wrestling. Molina was there. She's a legend of professional wrestling too. Every, you know, all of these legends in the sport were there and your WWE championship match was between Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee. You know, Brain and I were going to do a Royal Rumble preview, obviously. We always do previews of big pay-per-views and shows. He might be one of the favorites now to win the Royal Rumble. And I know that has nothing to do with 2020, but bear with me. If he didn't have such a good 2020, he wouldn't be a favorite to win the Royal Rumble in 2021. That's how pro wrestling works. It's a never ending wheel. It's a never ending cycle. Keith Lee had a killer 2020. So leaving him off this list and, you know, I'm not going to tell you, oh, this guy shouldn't have been on because this is, that's disrespectful to the person I would say shouldn't be on for Keith Lee, but Keith Lee deserved to be in the top 10 of 2020. There's no doubt about it. I mean, stellar matches all over the place with everybody he was in the ring with. Again, North American Championship in January. In July, he wins the NXT title. He comes on Raw, beats up Randy Orton, wins against Randy Orton, a former, what, 14-time world champion, 15, whatever the hell it is. Come on now. Like, you're going to tell me that guy's not top 10? Like, come on. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, because really, how else do you end it like that? How else do you just now? I'm mad again. Look, I guess the best way to put it is like this of all the male wrestlers who made their way through NXT in 2020, nobody had a better year than Keith Lee. And if NXT is one of the biggest shows in professional wrestling, it is. And you were the best male star of the show, and the best female star of the show was already top 10, Io Shirai. Kind of makes sense that you would make the list too. So on that note, Keith Lee should have made the list. And will I say on that note again? Yes, I will. Watch. Yes, you will, because that's your thing, damn it. That is my thing. I'll come up with new segues later. Uh, On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. We love you dearly. And uh, Bear's got a number and some products to show. 614-450-0366. All you got to do is text it, call it, tell us we suck, tell us we blow, tell us we're okay. That'd be nice. Um. We've got some merchandise to shill as well. What a maneuver. That's right. What a maneuver.net forward slash collections forward slash heel dash turns dash headlocks. The fancy guy at the end will tell you all about our social media outlets, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We suck at Twitter. We apologize. We, we don't really apologize, but you know, you want to tweet us. We got it. 
You want to tag us in pictures on Instagram? We got it. You want to message us on Facebook? You can. Basically, man, you know, I'm done shilling my product, brother. But again, 614-450-0366. You can text us and tell us anything you want. It can, It doesn't even have to be about wrestling. Forget it. Tell, tell me about your day. I'll text you back. I won't, but he will. Yeah, there you go. And once again, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We love you dearly. And if you can't do anything else today besides wear your mask, social distance, and stay the hell inside, keep on loving professional wrestling. Boom. You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you next time.